Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Mizrak. And today we are joined by newly crowned cross-country national champion from BYU, Connor Mance. Connor, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, all right, so we're going to start off back where it all started. When did you first start running? So I had an odd path to running. I, I kind of began... Um, about fifth grade doing road races, little 5Ks on the road. And then in sixth grade, um, told my dad I wanted to do a half marathon. And he was just like, he, he had my older brother doing it about the same time. But he's like, yeah, but like, you have to train for it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to train for it. I, like, But of course I did. And I thought it was fun to just train for a long distance. So very um, unconventional way of getting into the sport. Um, by the time I was a freshman in high school, it was just looked that I was going to, everybody was telling me I was going to do cross country. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like I love yeah. racing, so I'll do it. Uh, what would you say is your favorite thing about running? I, I, I love the, love the attitude of being free. You know, when you're just out there on a run, especially in the mountains, you just get a good um, good time to ponder and just kind of like, I don't know, just let your body just be itself and go and run. Um, I feel like when, you know, you get in, a lot of people say they hate running, but once you get in good enough shape, it's just like the moment of just putting one leg in front of the other, that whole, that movement and that feeling is just natural. Mm -hmm. Um, as I mentioned, you're running for BYU right now. Why did you end up choosing BYU? So, um, first, I'm LDS, a member of the LDS Church. And so, um, they, the church sponsors Brigham Young University. But that, surprisingly, that wasn't part of my the reason I decided to go to BYU. Um, it wasn't until... Like, I knew BYU was good. I knew Coach Iston was one of the best coaches in the country. And so when I took a visit, it was, like, it was honestly not that great of a visit. I was, like, like my hosts were great, but it was just kind of, like, uh, it, it, there were just a lot of, like, things that just went bad for the hosts. Like, um, somebody spent all the money they, you know, they have a certain amount of money they can spend on their crew. And somebody just bought like tons of food with it, like little Debbie snacks and treats like that. <laughs> and um, so a lot of the visit we just spent like at somebody's house, like playing like Mario Kart. And it, it was, didn't really get me too excited about the school. And so I didn't think I was going to go there. And then um, about March or April of my senior year, Coach Stone did a home visit. And I just really like, I saw his commitment, how much he wanted me to be there and how committed he was to allow me to be a good athlete. And I just knew that, you know, if he was going to, this is just the way he, he spoke and just the way I could tell he was committed to the program just got me really excited. And um, I just decided after that, like, I wanted to run under Coach Stone. Yeah, we're under the um, whole still the whole coronavirus thing so obviously the past couple of seasons have been challenging how how how's COVID affected your seasons essentially so we had our cross-country season postponed 
and ended up being the same time as the national indoor championship or same weekend as national indoor championships. So um, it was kind of a bummer because we didn't end up getting me and a couple of my teammates who had qualified for the indoor national championships ended up hope like thinking, you know, we can win the national championships in cross country as a team. Let's go all in on that. And so we, we decided to do that. Sadly, we, I mean, with the exception of me, our team kind of had, everybody had like misfortune strike at the day of nationals. And so that, I mean, we had the postponement of cross country nationals, but we also, um, I think it just gave us a lot of more time to like, I don't know, some guys got them distracted. Some of us, it gave us extra time to get in better shape. So took out some racing, but you know, you try, you try to, you try to just um, keep moving and try to find ways to react to the situation. So in the summer, a bunch of us were doing like track races, like track time trials to try and run like fast times just for fun, like in off events. And it just kind of made it a little more enjoyable. Um, as I mentioned, when I introduced you, you are a newly crowned NCAA champion. Can you explain to me what that means to you? So it, it means a lot. This this last year, um, I just had a lot of misfortune happen. I mean, some people had it even worse with the coronavirus. Um, but I ended up, uh, I was training for the Olympic trials and the marathon and fractured my sacrum in uh, December. And that was that was extremely painful, especially that not only like physically, but the mentally and emotionally of, I'm not gonna be able to compete at the Olympic trials and the marathon. And then, um, you know, then things started getting postponed and I was thinking like outdoor tracks where I'll come back. But then after COVID happened, I was like, okay, like I'll be good. And then um, in October, I had a stress reaction in my femur. And so I, in my first few years in college, I had no injuries whatsoever. And then this, in 2020, I had two bone injuries. And so to, to break through that injury cycle and come back to be fully healthy means a lot. And then to be able to come back and then win the national title, just really, um, it means a lot because I know how much time I've put in and persevered and when I was hurt, it really means a lot, especially because during that time I was hurt, I had to really just drag myself out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to go swim or to go bike. And um, just because with COVID, there were only limited times when the pool was open. Um, and so, and limited lanes. So if I wasn't there early, somebody else would get the lane and then I'd be, um, I'd be out. So it means a lot because I had to pass, push through all those trials. Now, I got to ask, when I was uh, watching the live stream, right towards the end when you broke away from that three-person uh, pack, they kept saying the Mance zone. Can you explain to me what that is? Yeah, so Coach Eyestone is, um, always has a, has a fun way of describing things. And there's all, when I'm in races, I, and I'm, I mean this in the, in the, I don't know if there's even a humble way to say this or a proud way to say this, but I look awful. Um, my face just shows all the pain and emotion that I'm going through. And so in the at nationals, um, Coach Eyestone, well, beforehand had described in an interview that the reason I, I'm, 
you know, I show all this pain on my face as I almost go to this man zone where I'm um, in such a, such a state of just like awful pain. And that's, you know, that's kind of how I race is it's, it's uh, everybody in everybody that I'm racing against is also going to have to be in a lot of pain for me to, because from for them to be up with me because I'm going to be pushing the pace and making sure it's a difficult race for everyone. So that's, that's kind of where that term comes from. Coach Eystone said it in an interview and it just means painful, painful race, painful <laughs> zone to be in the race. Yeah. So, and obviously last year you guys won a um, team championship. So describe kind of what that was like as well. So that, that was huge for us as a team. Um, we had in 2017, we were going into the national championship. We're all hyped. Um, I wasn't even in the top seven at that point. So I redshirted and our whole team was excited. And then we go, we race or they race. I mean, I was back home watching and they end up like taking third and they were like, this is the year we're going to win it. Like what happened? And so that was kind of tough in 2017 and then 2018 happened and we're like, okay, like this is the year we returned pretty much the whole team with the exception of Casey Klinger. Um, we're going to look like we're way better than we were last year. We're not going to like, we're not going to suck today. And then we ended up taking second to a very good NAU team. So when 2019 happened, we lost um, four all Americans from that squad. That was in 2018. And so if you lose four all Americans, usually you're, you're out of it. Um, however, you know, a bunch of guys really stepped up. So it was, it was great because it like been such a long process and a lot and you know most of the guys had either been either were being recruited that year or it was there they we'd all had a relationship to that team that originally ran in 2017 that was the first team that was like we could win this um and so it was really cool to finally be on like to be to overcome that obstacle of like we're gonna win it and then not and then we're gonna win it and then we didn't and then finally that last time we want it. So it was, it, it meant a lot coming from all that hard work to finally getting the win. All right. So just a little backstory, me and Ethan actually got the opportunity to interview Tyler Day, part of that NAU squad that, you know, won the national championships those years. And he talked a little bit about the NAU BYU rivalry. So can you give me a little bit of a BYU insider on that one? Yeah, so the rivalry was kind of funny, I thought, in, like, from my perspective. Um, I think it really started with, uh, not Tyler Day, Matthew Baxter and Rory Linklater. They like to throw jabs at one another, which is hilarious now because they're both teammates at um, Hoka NAZ Elite. And so <laughs> they uh, they like to throw jabs. I don't know where it started exactly. I don't know if it was Rory or Matt Baxter. Um in that 2017 year and then 2018 it was the same and so for me I just kind of came in my freshman year and seeing it and was just like oh yeah like there's this NAU rivalry and it just kind of made this it a little more fun like okay we're going to beat them this year like we're going to beat NAU they have the target on their backs they know we're the ones who are going to beat them and some of those years we didn't and then eventually like 2019 we did and so I didn't I don't even really know the backstory. I think it was just Rory Linkletter and Matthew Baxter just 
wanted to talk crap on one another, but really, um, I mean, the NAU guys are very classy. They're great guys. Um, our guys are very classy and great guys. So it's kind of funny that like that whole rivalry happened. I think it was also like, like flow track and, um, runners, maybe not runners face with dice that one of those things. And, you know, let's run always tries to make a rivalry out of everything. And so I think it was just all of that. And so we just kind of saw each other as rivals. Um, but I mean, I, I like it as a good rivalry, but I think they saw it, like, I think everybody else saw it as like, we hated each other, but you know, we like the guys. It's just kind of a fun, a fun thing with a lot of good guys to race. All right. Um, so what does training normally look like for you? Like how many miles are you putting in? What kind of stuff, what kind of like a normal day? What does that look like for you? Hey, sorry guys. I think my internet cut out. All good. A little bit of technical difficulties there, but um, I'll just ask the question again. Uh, what, what does your training look like for you on a normal day? So typically I'll run 15 to 20 miles. It, it depends on um, if it's a workout day, or long run or an easy day. Um, I take Sundays off and then like on other days I'll wake up around like 6.30 and be out the door by 7 running about 6 miles, maybe some that 5 to 7 miles. Um, I should just say that. And then in the afternoon I can get up, I'll do like a longer workout or run. I can get up to like 13, 14 miles some days, um, but it's usually at least 10. So just kind of that range um, of mileage. And then some workouts, you know, we do like five mile tempos or we do thousand meter repeats. Um, just, I don't know, pretty typical workouts for distance runners. Sometimes um, we'll do mile repeats around a hilly grass park where it just builds um I say it. it just builds like the mental strength because nobody likes running really hard and then hearing the time that they ran is really slow so just keeps building me up um you know you mentioned when you got hurt you were doing some swimming or biking do you do any of that cross training during the season so I I don't but a lot of our um we actually have a few athletes that do on the men's side and then a lot like almost our whole team on the women's side is always they're always swimming and biking I swear I see them like they probably put more time in cross training than they do running but they're so good at running which is you know I I don't know how they do it but they seem to win that they won a national championship doing um the stuff they do more it seems like they do more cross training than running like I said but you know if it works and wins you a national championship and you're that tough like kudos to you you know what would you say is your favorite and least favorite maybe running exercises oh my favorite i love um we do the we do the five mile tempo pretty much any long workout so a five mile tempo will consist of like we'll start out anywhere between like 440 mile to a five flat mile you just try to hold that and keep it pretty even for the next four miles, depending on the time of the season and how you're feeling. Like you just try to start out and keep it the same all the way through or speed it up near the end. Yeah. My least favorite workout would be 
um, mile repeats at 5k pace. And the reason being is I always feel exhausted while doing those ones, even though uh, um, a lot of people like on my team would probably say that's one of my better workouts. It just, it seems to beat me every time. Just like I get exhausted part way into it. And I think it just came mainly from my freshman year. I couldn't, I could never like hang with it or finish the workout. So now I have that mental block still. All right. So I mentioned that I was listening to the national championships, obviously. They also mentioned that you really want to get into marathon running. You said you went, you were going to go to the Olympic trials for it. What got you into the marathon and where do you plan to go with that? So the mayor, that's kind of an interesting question. So um, when I started running, it was always like, how far could I go? Um, and that's like when I was 12 years old, I ran a, my first half marathon, which is, I mean, it was, which is pretty long for a 12 year old to run. But I always thought, okay, like when I, after I ran my first half marathon is like next steps to marathon. But it was like, in my finite 12 year old brain, I was like, oh, it's not that much farther. Like, but you know, it's double the distance and it feels, you know, like significantly longer. And so I think it was um, just that. And I watched my dad run marathons when I was young and like he, he did it to lose weight. And I always thought that's like, you know, that's the ultimate distance. Um, I want to run these marathons, but then as I went into high school, it was like, Oh, cross country, you know, it was a 5k and track races can be a half mile to two miles. And so I've always had it in the back of my mind. That's where I wanted to go. And then seeing the guys succeed on such a high level that have graduated from BYU um, just also puts me like, makes me want to be there. What has been your favorite running memory so far, whether it be at college, high school or anything, what has been your favorite running memory? Um, I think winning nationals as a team in 2019 was probably, probably my favorite running memory. Um, it was just, you know, it was a day where it was miserably hard. It was so cold. Um, I don't, it was like 38 degrees and then they were like 15 to 30 mile an hour winds. There, it was something nuts and like rainy. The rain, it just looks like it's going sideways. And I hate the cold. I hate the cold so much. And it was so miserable, but um, it was that whole like build up for those years that I had talked about earlier that was like, we hadn't won a national championship, but we've been so close. And then it was, we finally won. Um, as a team, it was just great to see, you know, guys on the team run their heart out and just accomplish like the goal we'd been going for for so long. So I would say that was my favorite memory. Um, again, we've kind of talked about the marathon, but outdoor track season is here. What are this? What are some future goals for you know the season? So. Um, this season is kind of a special one. The Olympic trials are this year, or the Olympics are this year. And so I'm hoping to qualify for that team. I mean, it, it's kind of a far out there goal, but I'd love to um, run a fast 5K and 10K this year. I'm hoping in the 30, 1310s and the 2720s, 2710s as well, and try to, you know, be top three at the Olympic trials. 
I think every runner's um, not maybe not every runner's, but a lot of runners see the Olympics as like the gold standard. If you can make it to the Olympics, like you've made it, if you just get there. And so, I mean, I'd love to be able to make it this year. And so that's that's the main goal. That's the main focus for um, this year. So outside of running, what hobbies do you have? Like, what do you like to do for fun? So running in school as a as a college student take up most of my time. Yeah. Um, I play guitar as well. That's probably one of my that's that's what I call a hobby. I love just like sitting around and just strumming away for a few hours. Um, yeah. I, I I studied like a little bit of jazz and blues guitar and high school and junior high and I love that so I don't get as much time as I wish I had but when I do get time I, I love to play that um either outside of running or in running who are some of your role models you have in your life um so a lot, a lot of my role models and people I look up to that are um in my life they're they're runners, but they're not like only defined as runners. So Coach Eyestone's one of them because he's just seen he seems to be such a great guy. He goes out of his way to help tons of people. And I don't think um, most people see the amount of people he goes out and serves. And then another one would be Jared Ward. Um, he was sixth at the last Olympics. He trains with us um, sometimes, not so much this past year, but he's usually with us quite a bit. But um, he just doesn't let, like, um, he somehow is willing to sacrifice and make do with what he has to almost, like, have it all, in a sense. Um, I know that those two statements contradict each other, but he really goes out of his way to, like, put his family first. And it's, it's really cool to watch, yet he is so um, accomplished in the running world. I mean, sixth at the Olympics, he's been sixth at the New York City Marathon, seventh at the Boston Marathon. Um, just a, a really good competitor. But then he also like gives his family his top priority. Um, he has four kids and I think a fifth one on the way. Um, he teaches statistics classes at BYU and does research as well here. And so I think the two of those things really make, or all, all those things combined where he's a very well-rounded person um, he has a very good commitment to uh, the gospel and um, his faith as well. So, you know, you add in all those things and it's just like, man, I want to be like, I want to be like this guy just seems to have it all, you know. So it's nice. I, nice. We, have, we actually have him around as a coach or as an, a volunteer assistant coach. So we get to see him quite a bit. So outside of running, do you follow any professional sports like the NFL, NBA, any of those sports? Um, I'll occasionally watch something, but not not really. Um, my roommates are big basketball, NBA, and NFL fans, and so if I like get stuck on a homework problem or something, I'll go into the main room and and sp just spend some time watching stuff, but. Not really. I'll watch. I'll, I probably watch college sports just as much, if not more, than any other professional sports. All right. Uh, last question I got for you here. Um, if you could give one piece of advice or uh, multiple pieces of advice to 
maybe freshmen coming into college or even some of the high school runners, what would you tell them? Um, I'd say don't underestimate um, the don't underestimate the importance of rest. I think, you know, there's so many like great ath- great training schedules out there. Um, especially, I mean, and this is for every sport, you know, there's so many great ways to train. There's like, I would, I would say there's probably like, you know, 50 coaches in the NCAA, maybe not that many, but there's a lot of coaches in the NCAA in each sport who can make you amazing. But if you're not like getting the right rest, um, you know, you're not eating right, you're not sleeping right. I think sleep is probably the most important thing and most overlooked thing as far as, or most important overlooked um, component in training. I think, you know, I try to get nine hours of sleep every night. And I think if more athletes did that, they would, there would be a lot more records falling, but you know, it, it's difficult with schoolwork or social, like people look at all the fun stuff they want to get into. And so I would say, you know, getting that um, consistent sleep, getting consistent sleep schedule and making sure you're having enough easy days um, is going to help you be a great athlete. I think there's everybody, not everybody, but enough people know how to be, how to like get a hard workout in or how to, um, I don't know, enough people know what a good hard workout feels like. Yeah. But and not as many, not enough people, I think, know what it means, how it feels to get, you know, multiple hard workouts in in a, in a week, and get enough rest where you're still feeling good. Right. I did say that was the last question, but I realized I forgot to ask this before. Can you throw down some PRs for us? Yeah. So I ran thirteen twenty eight in the five k, uh, seven fifty in the three k, and then a twenty eight oh seven ten k. Right, right. I uh, I'm a cross country runner myself. Nowhere near there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Connor. Once again, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I like I just said, I'm a cross country runner, and I've been watching the last couple of years. So it's really cool, at least for me, to get to talk to you. So I mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank thank you. I, it's good opportunity, Jr. Um, you got any fun races coming up for yourself? Um, I mean, track season starting here, so just a couple, you know, meets, invitational maybe. Yeah. That's awesome. Good luck. Thank you, and good luck with, you know, your season. Hopefully I can see you in the Olympics. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. That'd be great. All right. Well, with that being said, Ethan, you want to hit us with the outro? Sure. So for Double FM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And we're signing off.